Amen, amen. Well, you got a Bible with you, say yes. And let me invite you to open it with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 35 will be our text this morning as we gather together around the Word. Obviously, the subject this morning is on prayer. And, you know, just recently I came across a few prayers that were written by young children. Let me just kind of read these to you. I thought these were kind of funny. Uh, one was, Dear God, I went to this wedding and they were kissing right there in the church. Is that all right? I love that one. And then here's another one. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother. But what I was praying for was a puppy. See, the Lord, he messed up. And then uh, here's another one. Dear God, I want to be just like my dad when I grow up, but without so much hair all around. I thought that was good. Just letting you know, I grew a beard this past week, and then I shaved it before this morning. Thought I'd share that with you. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Stand with me in honor of God's word this morning. Notice what the scripture says. This is speaking of Jesus. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Father, we thank you for the word where we read the account of Jesus Christ, your son. The one who came to live a life to set an example for us that we might follow. One who pioneered a way all the way into the kingdom of heaven through his death on the cross and his glorious resurrection. And Father, we see in the life of Jesus while here upon the earth a man who devoted himself to prayer. God, help us to be that kind of people, those kinds of disciples who are seeking you with our whole heart in prayer, individually as well as corporately. And Father, we ask that you would, by the Spirit, move in our hearts this morning, drawing us ever closer to you. And that's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Go ahead and be seated. You know, whenever it comes to prayer, anyone who has been involved in church for some time would say that prayer is of the utmost importance. We all know as followers of Jesus, that we should be praying. In fact, we know that prayer makes a difference. I'm sure that probably every single person in here could raise a hand and give testimony of the fact that the Lord heard your prayer and He answered a prayer in your life. You know, it was Philip Yancey who once wrote this, things happen on this earth that would not happen apart from prayer. And then Pastor Steve Gaines, in a book that I've recently come across and absolutely love, he's written this, and I quote, God will do some things whether we pray or not, but there are some things God will do only if we pray. Let that sink in for a moment. God will do some things whether we pray or not, but there are some things God will do only if we pray. But if you're like me, the discipline of prayer is one of the most difficult Christian practices to maintain. I always need to be refreshed, always need to be challenged and encouraged in this area in my walk with Christ. And there are several reasons, perhaps you've used some of them, why we often put prayer on the back burner in our personal lives. Let me just kind of give these to you by way of introduction. Some people are not praying because they say, I'm just so busy, I don't have time to pray. 
just so busy. You know, there was a church in California that realized the busyness of their culture, and so they came up with what they believed was a good idea. They started a drive-through prayer ministry in their parking lot. They had 30 volunteers, several ministers, and all you would do is drive up, roll down your window, tell them your request. They would pray for you in a minute's time, and then you'd be on your way. In fact, the pastor is quoted as saying, think of it as God on the go. We have drive-through food, drive-through coffee in our society. This is drive-through prayer. Now, I don't think the Lord really is um, wanting us to uh, alleviate prayer to some uh, drive-by. I know everybody's busy, just like uh, me. Many of you are juggling work. Children in school with extracurricular activities. They play sports, drama clubs. You're caring for your family. That's great. You're going to church. That's wonderful. There are a ton of things happening in our lives. But if we're neglecting the most important relationship we have here upon the earth with our Savior Jesus, then we have to ask the question, are we prioritizing our time well? And some say, I'm so busy, I don't have time to pray. Some may even say, I get bored with prayer. Now, I know nobody in uh, church would ever say that out loud. It sounds pretty sacrilegious. And it's not that God is boring, but for some of us, when we consider praying, we actually begin to yawn. It kind of makes us a little tired. Reminds me of the disciples when they were supposed to be praying, and Jesus came and found them not praying, but actually sleeping. And so he nudged them and said, get up and pray. So here they were. They became bored with prayer. And then there are some who say, I don't really need prayer. Uh, right now. I don't really need it. In other words, they see prayer as something they use only in a time of an emergency, only in a time when they can't accomplish what they need to accomplish. Then they call out on the Lord in prayer. In fact, even if you don't have a Christian background this morning, most likely at some point in time in your life, you have called out to someone in prayer. That's why we have the saying, there are no such thing as atheists in a foxhole. They're all seeking prayer. Pastor Tim Keller, he was interviewed by MSNBC's Laura Kim on the subject of prayer and said this, quote, we live in a culture that puts tremendous amount of emphasis on being self-sufficient. And there are lots of people who don't do anything where they feel they need to pray. And that's why they don't pray very often. And when you consider your life, perhaps that's you this morning. You say, you know, I Realize prayer is important, but I don't really need it right now. Everything seems to be going just fine in my life. And then there may be some here this morning putting prayer on the back burner saying, I don't know where to start when it comes to praying. I don't know how to pray. And even if you grew up in church and uh, you've heard several messages on prayer before, perhaps you've not been inspired to actually pray. I was talking with a friend of mine recently about this particular message and he said whenever he hears most messages on prayer, he becomes guilt-ridden, especially when he hears about a father or mother who wakes up early in the morning, spends three hours in prayer in front of the fireplace, lifting up their children and so many other prayers. He says, I walk out, I don't feel inspired, I just feel so guilty because, man, I am not praying like that. I don't even know how to start praying in that manner. Well, believe it or not, the disciples came to the Lord Jesus Christ on one occasion and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They realized that they didn't know how to. They didn't know where to start. They didn't know how to carry it out. So if you feel like you lack knowledge in the area of prayer, uh, take heart. The disciples of Jesus 
in the Gospels also lack the knowledge. So this morning, as we see many reasons that a person's prayer life can become stagnant, today I have sensed the Lord really wanted me to challenge our fellowship in the area of prayer. God's been working this on me uh, for quite some time now, and so I just want to give you two major challenges for 2015. So are you all ready for them? Say yes. The very first challenge is pretty simple. I just want you to kickstart your personal prayer life. I want you to kickstart your personal prayer life. Now, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, we have read about how Jesus got up in the morning and he went to pray. Now, most of us would look at the life of Jesus and say, well, of course Jesus prays that way. There's no way I can do what Jesus did. Jesus didn't have near as much going on as I do. Well, hold on a second. Jesus, on this particular day in Mark's gospel, had an extremely busy day filled up with appointments. Started off, he was teaching in the synagogues. There were many people who had gathered to listen to him deliver the message of God's word. They had never heard somebody speak with such authority before. So they flocked to hear his message. But while he was preaching, there was an unexpected guest who showed up and actually disrupted the preaching service. That uninterrupted or that rather interrupted guest was actually a demon-possessed man. And so Jesus stopped his teaching and he focused on the demon-possessed man for a moment. And then the Bible says that he rebuked the demons and he cast those demons out of the man. He showed that he had authority over the demonic realm. So following that, he continued to teach. And once that was done, he went to Peter's house, where I'm sure you felt like it before. After a hard day's work, you just wanted to kind of go into your house, sit down on your chair and rest for a while. And no doubt Jesus was tired when he entered into Peter's house, but he didn't have an opportunity to rest. Because Peter came to him and said, Jesus, would you come and pray for my mother-in-law? She's sick and she's had a fever and man, I need you to pray for her and heal her body. Which by the way, that is an act of God already that Peter would ask for prayer for his mother-in-law. Can I get a witness? So Jesus goes over, he prays for the mother-in-law, he heals her, and by this time, word is out that Jesus is at Peter's house, and so everybody begins to gather around the house. They come with other sick people, and they bring those sick people to Jesus, and Jesus heals them miraculously. They also bring more demon-possessed people to Jesus, and Jesus prays for them and casts out the demons. This is all in a day's time. He goes on doing this even until the evening, and no doubt when his head hit the pillow, he was fast asleep. The Bible says in Mark's Gospel 1 and verse 35, In the early morning, when it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, he went away to a secluded place, and he was praying there. Now notice this, Jesus had an extremely busy schedule, but he never neglected his appointments with his heavenly Father. Matter of fact, I don't know if you noticed it, but just notice a few things here concerning this verse. Uh, First of all, you'd notice he had a set time. It was early in the morning. I know some people read these verses and think, well, I'm not a morning person. And I understand some people aren't morning people. Some people are night people. Well, the takeaway here is that he just had a set time. But then we also note that he made himself do it. The Bible says here that Jesus got up. That's an act of the will. 
He didn't get up by accident. He got up on purpose. And then the scripture teaches us that he had a place. In fact, you notice he left the house. He went to a secluded place. The place was uncrowded. The place was unknown by other people. It was distinctly quiet. And then we notice together in this verse that he had a plan. That is, the scripture tells us he went to pray there. He didn't go to the place without a plan to pray. He had a set time. He made himself do it. He had a place. And then also he had a plan. Now, with that in mind, this morning, in order for you and I to kickstart our personal prayer lives, what I want us to do for just a second is actually answer a few questions concerning tomorrow. Now, tomorrow is Monday. So I know some of you may have not even thought about Monday yet, but I want you to think about tomorrow and just answer these few questions in your heart, or maybe you would want to jot those answers down. But here's the questions that you need to answer this morning. Tomorrow... When will I pray? When will I? In other words, set an appointment up with the Lord to pray. Set up an appointment. Now you think about this. If I run into somebody in town and, you know, maybe a guy and I hang out with him for a little bit and say, man, we ought to do lunch sometime. Listen, that is a very vague appointment. If I just simply say, let's do lunch sometime, we're probably never going to get around to actually doing lunch. But if I say, let's do lunch tomorrow at 12 o'clock, That becomes much more specific. And listen, here's the deal. Some people say, well, tomorrow I'm going to pray. That's a little too vague, my friend. Pick a time. When will you meet with the Lord? What time will you actually sit down and pray? And that gives me the second question. Where will I pray? Where will I pray? When you establish a place for your appointment with the Lord, uh, there's a unique sense of responsibility that begins to set in. Again, think about it. If I run into somebody and say, hey, man, let's do lunch uh, Monday at 12 o'clock. You know what we need now? We need a place. So where will we meet Monday at 12 o'clock for lunch? Well, we'll meet at L. Ray. You down with that? And so we'll eat lunch. That, now we've got a place. We've got a set time. And this is helping set the appointment. Same thing in your prayer life. When are you going to pray? Set time. Where are you going to pray? Now I've heard some people actually have a rug in their house that they sit on and they have a prayer time. Some people go into their actual closets at home and that's fine. That's where they pray. Some people have even discovered that they have a chair in their house that they have set aside specifically to sit down and pray in but they have a set time and they also have a set place now here's the third question what is my plan going to be when i sit down to meet with the lord what is my plan now over the uh, past few months i've been challenged in this area my walk with the lord and so I'm going to share with you what I've been doing as a plan that's been an extreme help for me in my own personal prayer life. I went to the dollar store. Y'all ever heard of one of those before? We've got them around here. Can I get a witness? Amen. So I went to the dollar store and went back and found this little notebook. It's actually a recipe book. And uh, this recipe book I took to the house and I said, you know what? I'm just going to make some note cards, really what I would call prayer cards. And so I sat down with this and began to write out every name of the people in my family and what prayer request I would have of the Lord concerning them. And so I've got Krista's name down here. She's uh, the very first one on the page. And so I'm praying for her that God would multiply her influence, that she would help train our children to love Jesus. I mean, I've been praying that my heart would be only for her. I've got several others here that I'm not going to share with you. And then I've got an empty page because she's going to need more prayer in the future. 
And then I got Garrison on here, right? So I'm praying for my son Garrison. I'm lifting him up that he'd be a man after God's own heart, that he would grow in wisdom, that he'd be a servant leader. Uh, I'm praying for his future wife, which is pretty unique as you think about praying for your children's uh, future spouses. You know, I'm praying for their parents. I'm praying for Garrison's wife's parents, that they would be godly, that they would set a standard in their home to love Jesus, that they would carry their daughter to church and see that daughter grow in her faith. And I mean, so I've got prayers there. I've got Maddie down here. That's my uh, second born. So I'm lifting her up that she'd delight in the Lord. She'd find her identity in Christ. I've got Gavin down here. I'm praying for him as well, that he'd produce fruit in his life, that he'd be a man of prayer in his life. He'd grow in wisdom. Got several others as well. I'm praying for all their spouses too. Now I'm lifting up Marley. Marley was in the first service. She was sitting down here on the front row with me. And I had this recipe book on the top of my Bible. She says, what is that? I said, that's actually my prayer uh, journal there, prayer cards. And so she said, open it. So I opened it up. And then I just turned it to the page where her name was. And I just said, look, there's your name. She said, what's that for? Praying for you, right? Just lifting her up. So I'm praying that she would delight in the Word of God, that she would have confidence and boldness. Praying also for her future husband and her salvation. She's not yet come to know the Lord. So we're lifting up those now. As I continue through here, y'all still with me? Say yes. I'm just kind of sharing with you what I'm doing. I got some verses in here that help me out too. Y'all with me? Preaching is crazy. Have y'all noticed that? It's like all of y'all showed up to listen to my talking head. It's kind of scary. Praying for people uh, who are investing in my life that I'm seeking to invest in. I've got some folks in here. Andy Alexander, uh, Steve Hudgens, who's in this service. Uh, Jay Burkett, who's in last service, lifting them up. Uh, prayer partners, I'm praying that God would give every person on the staff of this church a prayer partner. I've been praying that God would lay upon somebody's heart to pray in our worship center before every single service. These are all prayers for the church. I've got every uh, name of every person on staff. Uh, here, so I'm praying for James Dollar. I'm praying for James Forrester. I'm lifting up everybody that God would use them. And then, you know, I'm praying for our church body. And uh, I, I enjoy doing this because what I have done in this little booklet here is just put uh, what a disciple is one who worships, reaches, grows, and serves. And so I just put it on the top of a page worship. So, you know what I'm praying for us? I'm praying, Lord, help us when we gather together as a church to really worship Jesus. Not to come in and just sing some songs, not to come in and just check off the list we went to church, but actually all get together and worship Jesus because he's worthy of it. And so, man, I'm praying that we're worshiping spirit and in truth. And then I'm praying that we would reach out with the gospel. We do that through our community groups. So I'm praying that God would get some of you involved in a community group this year and that your community group would be focused on reaching others with the gospel of Jesus. Also praying that you as a disciple of Christ would just reach out with the gospel. You work with people who need to know Jesus. You have recreational activities going on with people who need to know Jesus. Man, I'm praying for you, asking that God would use you to reach out with the gospel. And then also praying that you would grow in your faith. Pray for each one of you that you would grow deeper this year than you did last year. That you take advantage of grow group opportunities here in our church body. Those are set aside literally to help you grow in your faith. To get in God's word every day. To have a disciplined time alone with the Lord. Man, we want to help you. I want to see you grow. I'm praying for that. Also praying for service. 
Uh, you know, here's the deal. God's gifted every single follower of Jesus with spiritual gifts. And listen, this body is not what it could be if you're not using your spiritual gifts. I'm praying that God would use you and that you would step up and really serve the Lord with your whole heart. This is just a way. Now, here's what's unique, all right? So tomorrow, when I wake up, I'm going to go to my specific place. I'm going to have my prayer journal. I'm going to know exactly what I'm praying tomorrow. And what I have discovered is that whenever you have an appointment, you have a place, and you have a plan, you're not sitting there going, what in the world am I going to pray about? It's pretty shocking how God has used this to help me in my own personal prayer life. I mean, you don't have to use a recipe card. There are several ways that you can pray. You know, there are some people who go on prayer walks. They walk through their neighborhood, and that entire time is dedicated to them praying There are some people who actually have prayer apps on their telephone. And so they put prayer requests in their telephones. And, man, they're buzzing and reminding them to pray. And then there are some people uh, who have prayer journals. And you're actually writing out your prayers to the Lord. I've done that before. But like I said, man, sometimes I just got to refresh what I've got going on. Start again. uh, Renewed. And it's always been a source of help for me. But whatever you're doing, I'm asking you, right? Me and you, one-on-one. I wish I could do this with everybody one-on-one. I just ask you those questions. I would say, hey, uh, when are you going to pray tomorrow? Uh, what are you going to pray? And what's your plan? Those would be the three questions I would love just to kick off with you one-on-one. Man, I would love to see every single one of you actually have an answer to those questions. And look at me eyeball to eyeball. Listen to me. Now, here's what I'm going to do, Okay. So I'm I'm like shepherding the flock. Y'all with me say yes? I think that's what I'm doing. Here's what I want to go around. I'm going to look at this section first. I just want to tell all of y'all something. Y'all all all looking at me? Look at me real quick. Some of you aren't looking. There you are. All right, God bless you. Hey, listen, I want you to pray. That's it. Now, let let me come to this this side here. Y'all look at me eyeball to eyeball, all of you. I want y'all to pray. Y'all ain't all looking. I want you to pray. Let me come here. Look at me, look at me. I want you to pray. This one may take a little longer. I want y'all to pray. Listen, that is our challenge from this text. Jesus rose early in the morning, went to a secluded place, and he was praying there. He had an unbelievably busy schedule, but he always prioritized his relationship with his heavenly father. And you and I must do the same thing. Now, here's the second challenge for you this morning. And uh, I actually skipped something. Can I give that to you real fast? Uh, Just a real quick method. Many of you have heard it before. It's the Acts method of praying. This is like, what are you going to do when you sit down? Acts, A, stands for adoration. It's where you just lift up the names of the Lord. You honor Him. Jesus said, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then the C is confession. That's whenever you're just confessing your sins to the Lord. And we have a promise in the scripture, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He's faithful just to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the T is thanksgiving. So let your request be made known to God with a thankful heart. Spend some time just thanking the Lord for what He is doing. Quit griping about everything that's not happening and thank the Lord for what is happening. And then you see here this S, that is supplication. That's you lifting up your prayer needs to the Lord. And we read the promise, didn't we, at the very beginning of the service? Ask, seek, knock, it'll be open to you. That's a promise of Jesus. 
So we've got this promise as a church. We've got this promise as individuals. So we ought to all be praying. So I want you to do just that. Kickstart your personal prayer life. Here's the second deal for you. I want to invite you this morning to become a 2015 ministry prayer partner of our fellowship. All right? I want you to become a prayer partner of our fellowship. This is something brand new. We've not done this before, so we're launching it 2015. And uh, what I want you to do is sign up this morning to become a prayer partner. Now, what is a prayer partner? Here's, here's what a prayer partner is. A prayer partner is a person who has promised that they will pray specifically for the ministry of this fellowship. And what we're going to do four times this year, four times, we're going to send out in the mail to your house, if you sign up, a prayer guide concerning the ministries of the fellowship. Some things that we as a staff are praying that God will do this year. Some things we are trusting the Lord to do. I want to invite you to be a part of that. And so you can sign up this morning to do just that. In fact, as soon as you walk out the exit doors, just on the other side of that wall is a poster that says prayer on it. There's instructions there on how to sign up. You put your name, your mailing address, we're going to send you this in the mail. Now, I want to encourage you. I'd love to see that board filled up. Man, I preached this same sermon last service. It's not full. Man, I want you to become a prayer ministry partner. Sign up and join and partner with what God is going to do next year. Now, why do we do that? We do that because it's modeled for us in the Bible. In the book of Acts, the Bible says that the believers, check this out, they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And so what I'm encouraging you to join me in doing this year is devoting ourselves to prayer. And we'll pray specifically for God to do great things through the ministry of Concord. Man, we've got a new campus going up at Mount Yona. We've got ministries that are being birthed this year. So many things happening. Man, if we want to see God work, we've got to pray. Look at me eyeball to eyeball. It was Tudson Haler who said this, and I love this statement. He says, when you work, you work. But when you pray, God works. Think about that for a moment. When you work, you work. But when you pray, God works. Listen, we've got a lot. Look look at me. Come on in here for a second to church. Come here, come here, come here. We've got a lot of people working. And I'm thankful for that. But we need a lot of people praying. Then God starts working. Hey, y'all down with God working at church? Yeah, I'm down with it. We got to ask him to do it, though. Now, uh, some of you may have heard of this guy before, um, William Carey. William Carey. We got a little picture up here. I, I, I painted that. And uh, it's a Christmas gift. It's William Carey. Uh, if you, you, I don't know. Have, you heard, have y'all heard of William Carey before? He was actually a missionary uh, to India. But let me, let me tell you the story real quick about William Carey. William Carey started off as a cobbler of shoes. And he became so burdened for the nations of the world that one day he took shoe leather and actually drew a picture of all the nations of the world and then he tacked that picture up on the wall where he worked. And as he cobbled those shoes, he prayed specifically for every single nation. And then God began to stir in his heart this great desire to carry the good news of Jesus to India. And so he obeyed God and he went. And while he was there, he translated scripture into 37 different dialects so that people could know the gospel. He's been, check this out, he's been called the father of modern day missions 
Most people, especially if you have a background in church, you've heard of William Carey before. But check this out. You may not have heard of his sister, Polly. Polly was a crippled girl. 52 years she was bedridden. That entire time she would receive letters from William Carey from overseas. Every letter she would get, she would open and she would begin to read about the struggles that he was facing, about the difficulties that he was having in ministry, about the difficulties he was having in translating the truth of Scripture into the modern dialect. And he would share that. And you know what Polly would do? Crippled as she was, unable to do things like you and I are able to do, she would just simply pray. She prayed for William Carey every single day for 52 years. And listen, you and I, who do we know? We know William Carey, but we don't know Polly. But here's what I would argue this morning. The effectiveness of the ministry of William Carey was a direct result of the answered prayers of his sister Polly. Now look at me, look at me, look at me. Are y'all with me, say yeah? The effectiveness of the ministry of Concord Baptist Church will be a direct result of our prayers. So I want to challenge you to pray. And I want to challenge you to become a prayer partner this year. We have no clue what God has in store for us this year. But if we pray, we can see God come to church. I should have ran on that. Did y'all hear the preacher, what he just said? If we pray, we can see the Lord come to church. (laughs) That's all right right there. Now, I'm not going to preach a whole message and... uh, Now, I challenge you to spend some time in prayer. So I'm going to do that this morning. That's really going to be our invitation. Now, look at me real quick. Eyeball to eyeball. Don't put your stuff up yet. You may be here and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Look at me real quick. Eyeball to eyeball. The Bible says God created you to know Him. Sin separates you from God. You can't get rid of that sin. All right? And if you die by that sin, you're going to go to hell. But God doesn't desire that. That's why he sent Jesus to live a sinless life, to die on the cross for your sin, be buried and resurrected. And listen, whenever you truly trust in Jesus, check this out. It's through the first prayer that you pray that God redeems you. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this morning, if you don't know Christ, what I'm doing is challenging you. Just call out. God, I don't know you. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I'm trusting that Jesus died for me and that this morning, by faith, He will clothe me with His perfect righteousness. And you just pray. Admit you're a sinner, believe Jesus died for you and was resurrected and confess Him as Lord. And listen, you may be here today and you've been coming to church here for quite some time and you feel like this is where God wants you to be. You're like, I want to become a member of this church. Listen, we got a starting point coming up soon. But we encourage you to come forward this morning. I'll be here, other pastors as well. No better way for some of you maybe to start off 2015 than to join the church that you've been already attending. But then here's the deal. Thirdly, I want you to pray. Seeking the Lord. Here's what's crazy to me, right? I'm going I'm to tell you. Are you all listening and say yes? So the altar here is going to be open. You can come and pray here. You can sit down in your seat and pray. You can stand and pray if you want. You can get somebody to pray with if you want to. 
Here's what I found out, though. Here's what I found out. Here's what I found out. People find it very awkward when they're challenged to pray in church. That's backward. Praying as a body and as a group should not be awkward. It'll just be normal. It's like, well, it's what we do. What did Jesus say? My house shall be called a house of... So that's what we ought to come and do. So I'm going to invite you to do that. So heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet all across the building. As the musicians come. Father, the time here is for you. Uh, Lord, as best I know how, I've sought to share this message. I've got to hopefully with some practical steps to kickstart each one of our personal prayer lives. And God, I ask in the name of Jesus, this is not a sermon people just listen to and roll out. But this is one people listen to and do something about. God, I pray that this day would become that day when people really started praying. And God, I ask that you would move in our midst. That as we pray, as we honor you, that you're glorified. The time is yours. Right now is the time of prayer. If God's calling you to come, you come this morning.